Every episode of The Angry Chicken is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash tag. For more of Jocelyn's content, check out jossplays.com. And if you can't get enough of Ridiculous Hat, follow him over on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. The Angry Chicken is a production of A-Move TV. Time's up. Let's do this. You face Jaraxxus. You smell like a leopard gnome. I knew it. So hot. A podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Angry Chicken. I'm your host, Jocelyn. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ridiculous Hat. Hello, Hat. How has your week been? Yeah. How about you? <laughs> about the same. Yeah. It's all right. Um, Hearthstone's been say, good. It wasn't supposed to be a, a trick question. I thought this was going to be, but I should have known better. <laughs> no, it's, I think that we're both on, how has your week been? Sure. I think we're both on sure. Yep. Hearthstone's <laughs> been enjoyable. I've been enjoying it. I've been enjoying mostly battleground still. Interesting. So I I have a question about that because obviously, like for the longest time, you were our like standard correspondent. You were like standard mode. Let's go. This is my jam. And I feel like the last few weeks you've been like BGs, BGs, BGs. Is it quests or is it like um, something on the standard side that's like not pulling you in that direction right now? Or, you know, why? Why has BGs got its claws in you so much? I should point out I am currently top 500 in standard. Um, I, OK, I <laughs> I guess any caveat we have about how Hat spends his time in Hearthstone, it should also just include the fact that like. He does everything really well. So when we're talking about where you're spending your time, it's like everywhere, but also maybe like a couple more lobbies of BGs than matches of standards. <laughs> it is a proportionately larger amount of BGs than I have played since uh, 2019 because it is quests, because quests are just that good, because quests are a roguelike and I like roguelikes and they put it in battlegrounds and it's fun. Um, because it's the thing about that I really like about roguelikes is you envision these crazy end game builds and board states or whatever, and then you just spend so much time trying to say how am I going to make what I'm given work with where I want to go and what are the options available to me at any given point, and the the meta progression, the ability to get stronger even when you lose a combat because you're progressing your quest, really just like tickles so many parts of my brain <laughs> that I enjoy having tickled. Um, <laughs> but also standard up until Friday because they patched on a Friday because what the hell, mm -hmm. um, I was, my fun with that format had concluded. I like, I got to legend, uh, last season and, and like I played a little bit, but I was just like, I'm, I'm the, the post Edwin buff that generally players had concerns with, um, along with the other 22 change or whatever, just the format that came out of that wasn't one that I found. I clicked with very much. Since that patch, I really like Standard. I've played a bunch of it. I, like, I, I played a ton this past week. Um, I've also been playing BGs. I get to hit my Marvel Snap time a little bit, and I don't really have any other games that I'm playing right now. Uh, but 
just quests are so so good and so cool and so fun that i find myself wanting to play more bgs i've been playing it with my wife we've both been bg in it oh that's fun so you're doing like duo queue things or no, like we're we're duo queuing as in we're both on the couch looking at the same ipad um okay <laughs> So That's like really cute. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun that we both like do that. And then uh, there will be times where I've played a lot more Hearthstone than her. So there will be times when we get to an APM turn and I start talking really fast. She's like, can you just do it? And then I'll just do it. And she's like, you're scary. Um, I know where she's coming from so much with that. Like sometimes when we're talking about like decks or metas or something and you get on a tear, I'm just like. I'm going to just let Hat handle this because <laughs> there's really nothing I can say or do in this moment that is going to add to what is happening. So you just take the take the wheel. You you go, you talk, and I'll be here five minutes from now when you're done. <laughs> so for the record, I think you're both wrong and you both would add value in those circumstances, but you both just get out of my way instead, which like is fine. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's been a lot of fun. We've been sharing it and just uh, quests are the best mechanic they've ever added to the mode i don't think it's even particularly close and it has seriously impacted my standard time and then they made standard really good so um like i guess i have to go to work i don't know it's been (laughs) irritating having to choose between working and playing a bunch of hearthstone how about you what have you been doing uh i've been playing kind of both none of the i i feel like i've been in this uh trying to learn things i don't normally do place for a while now we had a few weeks of rogue there and then this last week was uh trying to learn and make the warrior work and i've been kind of unsuccessful at both of those things and so standard but like standard for those reasons hasn't been appealing to me too much which is no fault of the format at all i think it's actually in a really great place right now like if you go to hs replay then like there's like one deck like beast hunter is really 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 good right now but then there's a whole bunch of stuff in tier two like normally we have like tier one and there's like four or five decks and then tier two and there might be somewhere between five and ten and then everything else right And so we're going from maybe having, you know, 10 or 15 good decks to having what seems like 15 or 20 and that kind of touch all classes. I don't think that there's any class right now. And Hat, correct me if I'm forgetting somebody. But I don't think that there's any class right now that is particularly unplayable the way that we had the three before the patch. Like this seems like they've kind of found a sweet spot where everybody's got something to do. It might not be amazing (laughs) like not everyone can't have a a, you know 70 percent win rate deck but seems like they're doing pretty good so paladin is still a little bit on the struggle bus like you can win games with pure paladin you can probably play holy paladin not a lot of people are trying it and it's not winning a ton it's not unplayable but it's definitely like it doesn't have as much to do warrior is you can play both uh, Enrage Warrior and Charge Warrior, but they're both meta-adjacent at this point. They're playable. We're going to talk mm. about Enrage Warrior later in the show. Um, but are. they don't <laughs> feel as powerful as a lot of the the top classes, but they're both in a much better spot than they were before this patch, and they're both, mm-hmm. if you really want to do this thing, you can do this thing. Would I recommend that you do those things? Not if you're looking for a solely competitive angle, but you don't have to. But what I think is the most interesting part here is the most popular deck overall is 10% of the meta, Relic Demon Hunter, which is barely over 50% win rate overall. It's mm-hmm. popular because it's interesting, but it's not that great. 
But it's new, right? Like relics are brand spanking new. Yeah. So it's it still has shares some play style with previous Demon Hunter decks, but like the relic cards are new with this expansion. So and I, I would hazard a guess we'll probably see another relic card with the mini set um, just because they tend to, you know, like expand on the expansions. <laughs> so they might though. that's tied pretty directly to the Zymox fight, which only has the three phases, mm. the three relics. So I'm not sure if we'll get another one. If we do, it'll be unique to Hearthstone. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I did forget so, about him. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. Um, but overall, when the most popular deck is barely over 50% win rate and there's no other deck that's more than 10% of the field, that's a good place to be. And the best decks in the format right now, if you look at from a win rate perspective, Beast Hunter and Naga Priest combine to be about 11 or 12% of the meta. When the two best decks combined, you might see one of them every 10 games. That's a good spot to be because you don't want yeah. the best thing to be the most popular thing because then it frustrates people. And these are decks where they're really strong, but they tend to skew towards layer player, uh, lower play rates, especially at higher ranks, just because they're not like they don't make people feel as tricksy as opposed to, I mean, when Rogue was good, it was everywhere, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with Rogues not being everywhere <laughs> or not feeling pressured to have to play Rogue. <laughs> It might be the worst class right now, the second worst. Um, like Paladin, Warrior, and Rogue are, are pretty close to the bottom three there. Paladin's going to be the least played, but Rogue will be played heavily and still isn't like isn't winning that much. The meta decks are pretty low. Uh, like Paladin's probably worse off still. Um, mm -hmm. But Rogue, like the Edwin nerf is a big hit. And I'm glad they changed it even as a Rogue main because the way that deck one was not was not healthy. Yeah, wasn't very fun. So, so yeah, I, th I think that standards in a really good place right now. And I think my relationship with standard has just been a little bit clouded by what I've been trying to do in terms of like decks I've been trying to learn and, and things I've been trying to play. I could definitely, especially since Hunter is like my go to most loved class, like I could be tearing Hearthstone up right now. And I, uh, I'm really not. So I think I might I might just do that for the next week or so to be like, it's Please. okay, Jocelyn, Please. you're not terrible at this game. It's been your deck choices and your learning curves that is making you feel awful. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like and then today. So I went on a, a, a tear with Warrior to the bottom of the ladder and uh, I was like, okay, I need a palette cleanser. I'm going to go play a match of each. Geez. And then I got seventh. And the only reason I wasn't eighth is because obviously um, Denathria has got a bad quest on turn one and DC'd. <laughs> and about three turns later, I followed. <laughs> and I was just like, man, oh man, I am done with Hearthstone today. But again, like it was just, it, it's nothing against the game. The game's in a great spot right now. I just had a really bad Hearthstone day. <laughs> just be like, I have a bunch of work challenges. Let me unwind by playing a video game. Joss also be like, in this video game, I'm going to do things that I hate him and bad at and then wonder why my confidence is poor. It's so true. Even the BG hero that I picked, I should have picked an easy, fun one. And then I was like, I don't have the first place achievement on Phelan yet. I'm going to play him. And I got horrible choices. And I'm just like, <sighs> why? Why do I do this? It's... I'm not surprised that you pick that because you feel like you've been failing at everything lately. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Definitely failed at failing. So, I mean, like, yeah, I've I've had a kind of an okay weekend in Darstone, but uh, 
I want to I want to give you a hug over the air, but we can't do that. Listener, if you know, feel like right? you want to give Joss a hug, I'm right there with you. It's send. We, you know what to do. Send you know hugs to. to no, unicorns. Unicorns. Tweet unicorns. That's what we do in circumstances like this. We've done it before. We'll do it again. Also, I have a question before we get any further because we don't have a BG section this week that I can see. Uh, we don't. We have the patch to talk about, but we don't have a specific section. I want to know who your favorite hero is to pick this patch. Who's the one that when you see them, you're like, I'm picking that. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I always pick Bigglesworth, but that's because adorable kitty. <laughs> so Aww. I don't have one that I love necessarily mechanically. Although if I see Denathrius, I take Denathrius, uh, whether that's... <laughs> statistically correct or not um i have a lot of fun with him and i think it's because i find bg's or bg's quest to be a really fun mechanic in bg's and he gets to do it twice so why wouldn't i pick him like here's the thing that i like this guy do does two of it and everyone else does one i'm going to get twice as much fun <laughs> and, you know i might not get twice as much wins but i get twice as much funds <laughs> i i Twice the funds. We're going to start there for show title suggestions. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I think Denathrius <laughs> is the most popular hero, even though he's not actually that great in terms of win rate, which I think is just a design win for them. That uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he is he is by far the most popular pick. And number two is someone that was added back in the hotfix patch today. So I guess we should get down the show notes and like talk about stuff that happened. Yeah, we probably should. So, uh, But before we do that, I do want to give a quick shout out and thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash tack. We get to do this because you guys support us over there. So thank you guys so much for all of the support. Um, if you do become a tack patron, you get an ad free version of the show as well as access to our tack discord. So do go and check that out. Patreon.com slash T-A-C like Cody and Jeffrey A. did this week. Thank you guys so much for the support. We really do appreciate it. Again, over at patreon.com slash hack. Let's get into the news, Hat. Good news, everyone. (laughs) So first of all, we're going to talk about that survey. Um, And I feel like you know, a little bit of a just—I don't—is it even a disclaimer off the top? Because obviously, Hat and I are content creators, so we're going to have feelings and opinions about this topic, uh, as did many other content creators across the internet. Um, Blizzard put out a survey. It went to random players, as they tend to do. They pick a random sampling of players and send out a survey. Uh, It was about runestones and the Battlegrounds Battle Pass, but one question in particular has kind of raised eyebrows among the creator community. So RDU pointed this out. It was at least the first mention that I had seen of it. I don't know if he was the actual first person to post it, but uh, the question is, uh, you said you haven't purchased the Battleground Season Pass yet. So I assume this is a point in the survey, at which point you have said yes or no, I did or didn't purchase the pass. Which of the following best describes why you haven't? Please select all that apply. And in this screenshot, now the um, potential responses are in a random order. (laughs) So this screenshot just so happens to be in the most controversial order possible, because of course. Uh, So the answers, among many other things, are I've heard bad things about it from streamers, 
and or content creators, <laughs> which feels very throw us under the bussy. <laughs> it can. That's one possible interpretation. It's not but, where it yes. landed, though I see how people got there. There are a bunch of other options. I don't like the cosmetic offerings. Um, I've heard bad things about it from forums or articles. I don't like the changes made from perks. Don't find enough value. Uh, I've heard bad things about it from friends and family. Yeah, I was talking to my mom the other day, and she was like, yo, that new BG pass sucks. <laughs> yeah, have you heard about rune stones? <laughs> Yeah, my mom and I don't talk about our stone. I mean, that's, I'm not here to judge, but it didn't it didn't come up the last time that I spoke to my parents. Um, so there's a bunch of different options here. They are randomized, but yes, there are uh, the full survey is out there if you want to see it. There are a bunch of questions about all sorts of stuff around the the battleground season pass. A few things from runestones as well. Those are included, though clearly not the focus. The survey is mostly about the season mm-hmm. pass. There are a bunch of questions that are about how did uh, how did community sentiment influence how you felt about the value of the season pass. Uh, there are some statements like, how much do you agree with the following statements? Battleground season pass is required to be competitive in Battleground. Strongly disagree. Somewhat disagree. Neither agree. Somewhat agree. Strongly agree. You know, it's a marketing survey. Um the, like other questions, I am excited to unlock all rewards for the BG Season Pass. I can win Battlegrounds with any hero. Owning the Season Pass <laughs> makes me more likely to play the That's game. That's just like, how much do you like to flex, right? Like, yep. I can win with any hero, flex. <laughs> and there's another one that says, BG's is only winnable with specific heroes. So that's the opposite of that. Um, yeah. You know, it's marketing stuff which is which yeah i was gonna say which is a common theme in in surveys that are built well or questionnaires that are built well is they tend to ask you the same thing in three or four different ways to gauge how strongly you feel about your answer so they will have questions in surveys that will say the exact same thing but posed opposite to you to see if you go like strongly agree and then strongly disagree that means you have the same opinion even when they phrase it differently so like there's parts of this survey that are well constructed in that way because they do kind of approach the same questions from different angles to try to like glean how people are actually feeling um but then there's a lot of stuff in this survey (laughs) that's not well constructed and i'm not going to go into absolutely everything because regis we're going to shout out Regis. He is amazing. Uh, YouTube content creator, also Twitch streamer. He's been on this show before. He made a really great, I think it's about 25 minutes long, really great video about this specific topic. And uh, if you want to deep dive, you should definitely go and watch it. And he makes a lot of really good points, um, including like he talks a little bit about the strength, I guess, of influencers <laughs> and how like it's a little bit ridiculous to think that we can tell people what to do. Like, I mean, <laughs> like it, the the way the survey or the way that specific question is posed. And I think the reason he had an issue with it, the reason I have an issue with it is that like there doesn't seem to be a lot of like responsibility taken by Blizzard. It's like, did somebody else tell you to not do the thing we told you to do? Who was it? We're going to shame them. <laughs> like, was it streamers? Was it your mom? <laughs> like, who told you not to buy the battle pass? Um, as opposed to like, I don't know, like there there don't seem to be a lot of options and not just in this question, but kind of throughout the survey 
that really point to a lot of the feedback that um, not just creators, but I think the community at large has been giving to Blizzard about both runestones and the battle pass. And I think that um, because the questions and the options have been like posed and given the way that they are, it feels like they don't understand why we don't like the thing that they did, even though we've been screaming it at them for weeks. And so they put this survey out and it's not just content creators that have a problem with it. I think the community in general has kind of ripped them apart for this survey because it's like they're not taking ownership of the fact that like they made a change to a game that's been around for eight plus years that worked a certain way monetarily. And obviously monetization is a really hot button issue for a lot of people right now especially with the climate we're living in and inflation and everything else. Like money is kind of at the forefront of everybody's mind right now. And you made a monetization change to a game that's been around forever. We told you we didn't like it and you still did it. <laughs> like, that's why people are mad. That's why people are engaging with it. <laughs> like, we told you we didn't like it. Now we're not buying it. And you're surprised. <laughs> well, it's, and it's I'll push back. It's not really surprise so much as this is. The timing and construction of a lot of these questions, the word I'm going to use is clumsy. I think it is clumsy mm. um, that the the room was already pretty hot. There was already a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, and this survey, and especially the nature of some of these questions, which can be construed as leading, is not going to help the mood. Mm. However, they were not trying to help the mood. Nobody is surprised here. Uh, this is a This is a marketing effort. That is not about should we stop charging for perks for the Tavern Pass. They're going to keep doing that, which is why they didn't ask us if they should, because yeah. they're going <laughs> to keep gonna doing it. they're going to do it regardless. Well, yeah. and <laughs> if they say, should we stop charging for the perks, that's going to be like a 99% yes or whatever. That means the survey is useless to them. Like, why? They wouldn't even send it out. They wouldn't even do it. So... Regis has a really, really great background in this. He apparently almost got his doctorate in market in analysis survey and design, surveys, right? That, like, like that's what he said, like surveys specifically, which I kind of understand, like the science behind surveys and results interpretation is something that definitely exists. I mean, it's a class I took at university. I just didn't realize you could do a PhD. I guess you could do a PhD in anything, but like that's so specific. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty involved, and like, if you're good at it, people will pay for it, because the the purpose of this survey is to figure out, hey, what are we doing for the next time? And they absolutely do want to know and should know and should ask, hey, how important is the community influence here? What did it cost us? What can we do to, to guide this, to steer this ship? What can we do to make this impact a little bit different next time? So... I think that's a reasonable question to ask. The way they framed it, like I said, clumsy language. I don't think was the best framing. Um, Regis goes into it pretty significantly and talks about mm -hmm. how um, the thing that he mentions that I think is worth keeping an eye and ear out for is, is this a subtle way of Blizzard influencing streamers, especially smaller ones, into thinking this is, this is controlling the conversation. It's not what they're necessarily trying to do. I don't know what the intention is, but... I think that there is a reasonable concern that if you see the survey and you're a smaller streamer and you want to get an invite to a theater crafting stream or whatever, a preview stream, you maybe change your language a little bit. I could see that. 
yeah, that's that's kind of the point is I'm going back and forth in chat a little bit here. But um, that's it's kind of the point that I want to make is that like people are worried, uh, like content creators, streamers and such are worried about what happens if that ends up of the options Blizzard presented. What if that ends up being the option that wins? Like we're already like we I think we as creators have a pretty good relationship with Team 5, which isn't really the case across a lot of other games. There's a lot of like headbutting, obviously, in Hearthstone as well. Like we've had times where we don't love decisions that have been made from at whatever level, whether it be balanced stuff or whether it be, you know, like stuff like this, like more like monetization and how the game works or, you know, whatever, how much the game costs, like all those kind of things. Like we've had differing opinions, but I think that our relationship as content creators, like the the Hearthstone team is pretty freaking good in terms of like talking to us instead of at us. And I think that extends to the community at large for the most part. Um, Exceptionally I think so, I think. It's really yeah. unusual. Uh, like, the devs will just tweet stuff out. It's, yeah. You you and Celestalon, who is, who is features lead slash initial designer slash, uh, uh, like, Twitter guy, are just talking <laughs> in the Twitch chat right now. While yeah. we're recording this podcast, that's not that's not a thing that just like happens all the time. Like yeah. when you're when you're streaming Sea of Thieves, no Sea of Thieves devs just pops in there and be like, "Oh, blah blah, here's what I think," and here's what's gonna. Joe Neat is pretty fantastic. Don't you come for Joe? Oh, it's, it's, I'm glad to hear that. Bad example. Pick a different community. Say DBD. You don't get DBD devs just just like pop in your chat and be like, "Hey, it's, uh, you know, this is this is not me judging. I'm just saying I think Hearthstone is uniquely uh, like." Not uniquely, but I think the dev relation is exceptional. And by the way, I hope that the community option, the content option wins, because then Alkali and Nick get to go to the business team and be like, I told you so, we should have talked to them more. That's what I hope Mm. happens. Well, and I think, like, that's, uh, that is really interesting, because I mean, like... So Blizzard did respond through Alkali. Um, She put out a a tweet and said, you know, like, I know you guys are in your fields about this survey that's going around. She's good at that language. Yeah. She should have written that survey. She um, totally didn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so, like, she was saying, like, don't take any offense if you're a streamer. We value your influence. And, you know, like, I get that. At the same time, having worked in her role for a different company for a number of years, I understand there are some jobs that exist in order to maintain relationships and you remove yourself from any sort of issues that could damage your relationships. And so, like, I wouldn't have expected any other response out of her. However, the decisions that were made and the even the marketing and the survey and this thing that went out like that is all not her <laughs> like that Super is, not that her. is no. yeah way of like above around beside whatever not her right i think the community should probably be renamed to uh financial janitorial because they cl- just clean up the messes <laughs> made by the made by finance all the time because finance rips the band-aid off and then and then she mops yeah. up the blood like that's just what happens <laughs> Yeah. So like, I think that um, I think there there's like a, there's a couple of concerns because I think the, the question itself came across there was interpreted as kind of accusatory. And I think there's like like you mentioned, Hat, the idea that, you know, maybe if you are looking for an opportunity, you might 
change how you engage with Blizzard in order to not lose those opportunities over criticisms, uh, which isn't great. But uh, yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things where like I don't ever want to feel like I might lose out for speaking my mind about something I don't like that a company has done. <laughs> like I want like to be open and honest and keep those lines of communication open and be able to say, hey, runestones suck and I hate them without like thinking that that I'm going to totally lose all of the, you know, like contacts that I've made over the last like eight plus years of doing this show, you know, like there's there's a lot to uh, there. I think there's a lot to potentially worry about from small to mid-sized creators when questions like this are posed because it has the the potential to impact the relationship between the creator and the and Blizzard, right? So anytime something happens like that, it's kind of like, oh man, okay. <laughs> like, guess I have to reevaluate this or guess I have to think about this. And that doesn't feel great. And I feel like I had a whole bunch of other points, but I'm also trying to like talk and listen to you and read chat at the same time because there's a lot going on in chat. You're multitasking so, <laughs> pretty effectively. I am. <laughs> thanks. I feel like I'm just repeating myself. Since 2019 ish, since Blitzchung, I think. Um, there has been an ongoing challenge for us as content creators of, I like the game and we're friends with really cool people that make the game. And then also air quotes, the company Mm -hmm. does a bunch of shit that we hate all the time and reconciling (laughs) all of that stuff is difficult. And there are a bunch of complicated, messy feelings. And Hey, we do have a direct relationship with Blizzard. Not only are we friends with a lot of people that make the game. We get sent codes for bundles and and uh, and giveaways and stuff and well, yeah, and personally yeah. for us, we get well, like yeah, we're part of the codes. creator program, yeah. So we get all the perks that come along with that. We get stuff, but also, Blitzchung stuff was bad. You all know that. We don't have to rehash it. That you know, Blizzard as a company is being sued by a bunch of shit, and you know, more more recently, Runestones. That's bad. <laughs> it's it's just it's messy and complicated, which reflects you know a gamer's individual experience. But for us, it's just in a, such a larger scale. So when the room is already hot, and then business puts out a survey like this with no warning and clumsy wording, then streamers who already feel like they have this internal conflict of how do I support. How do I play this game and support the cool people that I know that work there without also like putting money towards the company's bottom line? And then when this comes out of saying it's our fault that they're not making more, if you're already in that mindset, that's what you're going to see. And it sucks to feel that way. I don't think that's what that survey is going for, but you can't judge like you can't manage perception. You can only manage your intention. And then the perception is up to whoever gets to read it. And Mm -hmm. the people that read this they were already not feeling great about some decisions and they didn't have a very charitable reading. And I don't think that their reading is all that hard to land on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I did want to just go back a little bit to kind of explain myself a little bit better. Cause I was halfway responding to a comment in chat that like, so if Blizzard puts more weight in streamers opinions, then it puts more effort into collaborating with them. And it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I would hope, that that is how this plays out but i feel it's much more likely to play out the other way which is controversial negative towards blizzard streamers lose opportunities as opposed to 
have their points of view taken into account and influence the development decisions or development cycle or you know whatever you want to call it like i think that's the concern is that like yes i would love to think this survey goes back to blizzard and they go oh wow our content creators our streamers have a whole lot more influence than we thought that they did all of the people who didn't buy the battle pass mentioned that they heard bad things from streamers uh we should talk to them more and figure out how to make these things positive and good and marketable um, but I don't know if that's the way it's going to go. I think it's much more likely that we get looked at as a dime a dozen, or I guess that's my fear is that like, they'll look at you and go, Oh, you're a podcaster. eh?" there's like a hundred of those. So we'll just pick a different one and work with them. Okay. Thanks. Bye. And that yeah. sucks. <laughs> I admit I'm not worried about that because the people that make those decisions and the people that make the financial decisions are super, not the same people. Yeah, I guess I'm like, where does the where does like marketing slash survey results fit between community and finance, right? Like, <laughs> and I'm I hoping that it's complicated. It leans to yeah, like I'm hoping it leans to the community side, and that like the people that we work with and love are very influential. But I'm worried that it actually leads on the financial side, and they know nothing about us. They don't care, and decisions will be handed down <laughs> i'd be pretty surprised if it worked out that way um because it's in the best interest of the company for marketing and finance to just be siloed off and constantly be this invisible shadowy hand that we hate but we love all the public people uh that's usually how this sort of thing goes and like business got to do business games got to keep being made it, blah blah i know we talked about it already if bgs makes more money mm. and then they keep making cool stuff like quest and i keep playing the game we're like i'm gonna have trouble being upset about it but some other people will find a way um there's this we could go in circles for a long time in this topic yeah, yeah i, I feel like say, we should probably move on but <laughs> i'll just add a note in the show notes there is a different marketing professional that posted a long 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 post on reddit joss tried to skim it before we started the show and then she's like well, nope, not doing i that. literally opened it and i just kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and i'm like i'm not even at the comments yet what is this reddit so i'm just like i don't have time to read this so i'm gonna just let hat talk about it <laughs> But I will. I'm going to link it in the chat room right now. <laughs> yeah. The short, short version here that I think is important that is called out is that attribution is not the same as blame. And the company isn't going to ask you questions about things it doesn't want to change. So we didn't see any questions here about the BG's past being paywalled at all because that's probably not going to change it. But the specifics of how it's implemented and what the value is there, that's something maybe it's at a lower price point next time. I don't know. Could be any number of things. I'm not our marketing professional. I'm not a survey doctor, which I guess is literally a thing. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, either way, um, attribution is not the same as blame. If they find out that content creators matter, that doesn't mean it's their fault. That means we we got to work with them more, I think, because if we're more influential, then they want us to influence but I do think I like where Regis went with the idea that even asking the question could be a little insidious and could mm -hmm. be weighting the scales a little bit. And I hope that marketing and finance, maybe they talk to community a little bit more next time before they send the survey out. You would think that they would want to engage with the part of the company that's going to have to deal with the fallout. <laughs> <laughs> right like or, or maybe they don't care about the fallout maybe they just want the answers from the people who don't make a twitter post about it <laughs> um our next story tonight actually comes to us from our discord so big shout out to uh zatachi 8 uh for pointing us in this direction we kind of like 
with everything that's been going on in the past couple of weeks, we missed this. Uh, this wasn't a Lobby Legends that I actually watched, but uh, it's basically a story about how much tournament rules can suck and how hard it is to be a tournament admin having to make these decisions on the fly. But the event itself was, I'm going to use air quotes here, controversial because uh, it had the same problem that we're seeing quite a lot, or again, I should probably use problem, air quotes, that we're seeing quite often in that the event was held the a couple days after a major patch. In this case, it was the launch of quests. And so, you know, competitive integrity versus marketing and how, you know, all the stuff we talked about with Abar and justifying esports existence and budget and everything else and how he has to do that every single event. So, I mean, that was a conversation around this event already um, in terms of like competitive integrity. <laughs> so many air quotes. <laughs> I swear, you guys, I'm not dripping in sarcasm right now. <laughs> so what ended up happening in the tournament is there was a server side disconnect that caused uh, Riba. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to butcher these usernames. Ribapusa? Riba, I think so. Ribapusa to lose a lobby he had in check. And so if you're not familiar with Lobby Legends, the way it works is they play a whole bunch of lobbies. You get points seven to zero for your placement within each lobby. Once you pass the 20 point threshold, you put the lobby in check, which means that if you win the next lobby, as in come first, not top four, come first, then you win the tournament. If you don't come first, Points are distributed as normal and other players have the opportunity to put the lobby in check. Once you have a player who has put the lobby in check or has re like has reached that 20 point threshold, any of those players who come first win the tournament. So he was the first player to put the lobby in check. No one else had the lobby in check and he was highly favored to win his next two combats. There were only three people left alive in the lobby and there was a server side disconnect. So that means when a server side disconnect happens, if it's client side, you can reconnect and you can finish, but it was server side. So the whole lobby went kablooey. There was no way, that <laughs> just made a face at me. <laughs> there was no way uh, for them to recover the state of that lobby. <laughs> that is the technical term as it went kablooey. Yes. Um, this is what we described at last week's episode. This is lobby jail. Where you're just, you have to wait for that lobby to play it in the server side. It doesn't count towards anything, but everyone is stuck in reconnecting until, you know, until it just happens. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they weren't able to reconnect and finish the lobby. So the admins had to make a decision based on tournament rules. So they ruled that it should be a regame, that they should restart the lobby completely. And then Ribupusa. Uh, ended up coming in third and Rimgosu ended up winning the tournament and it took them three more lobbies to actually get a result in the tournament and by that time six of the eight players had actually put the lobby in check so basically by the time we hit that last lobby almost regardless who won they were going to win the tournament uh, so there's been a lot of kind of conversation around um, how much this sucks if this was the right decision uh, I think it's the right decision, and there's there's a couple of reasons for that. Like, basically, the options for the admins were give him the win and leave it at that. That was the fan favorite option because he had actually he actually lost the last lobby legends based on a Leroy glitch about how it works with divine shields. 
so a minion was essentially left alive when it should have died that then would have resulted in a tie in that combat. Instead, it resulted in a win for his opponent and he lost. He was knocked out. Um, and so he lost the last Loppy Legends on a bug. So people really, 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 really wanted to give him the win. He was the, like, the fan favorite in this situation. And they were like, just give it to him. <laughs> Can I just say, big oof. <laughs> like, he must just the, absolutely the hate. Oof. Like, Ugh. I mean, I think if if this was me, I would probably just walk away from BGs and be like, I'm picking another game. I'm going to be pro in something else, anything else. I don't care. I'll be a checkers pro. <laughs> I just cannot play BGs anymore. <laughs> yeah. Don't do chess right now, by the way. That situation's a little hot, too. We found <laughs> a, <laughs> it. There's it, I, I am not going to summarize the current chess drama right now, but even plastic okay. pieces on a game board is dramatic and tense right now. So just. OK, I feel like the world is just dramatic and tense right now. So Yes, um, that is true. <laughs> so uh, he was not 100 percent odds to win in his next combats. Um, so it was highly favored. But even though like. It's just it's the nature of battlegrounds, right? Like how many times have you oh dear <laughs> how many times have you uh, As, like one for you live viewers, there was a little chat message that stopped Jocelyn right in her track. It really didn't. <laughs> it starts with an A and rhymes with banal beads. <laughs> Yeah, you really, really disguised it there. No one's going to figure that out. I'm trying to be subtle here. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a marketing surveyor. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so um, he didn't have 100% odds to win, which means like, I mean, we've all had those BG games. It's just in the nature of the game and how lobbies plays out with the randomness of combat that you can be 98% to lose and somehow squeak out that 2% victory, right? So because it wasn't certain, it wasn't like Hearthstone constructed where you can look at a board state and say, yes, that was lethal or no, that was not lethal. You can't make those determinations when you're looking at battlegrounds. So that was the fan favorite option was just give him the win, but it wasn't really competitively fair uh, because there was that very small chance that he would not have actually won those two combats. Uh, the other option was to split the points between the three players who were still alive, but that's really complicated because of the check format. And I think um, one of the people still alive had 19 points, I believe. And so splitting the seven points between the three of them would have put him over that 20-point threshold. And then so that would have meant... He also had the lobby in check, which then you're kind of like in this really odd situation where like you're giving someone an advantage and a, a chance to win the tournament that they didn't have going into that lobby, which is why they decided to go with a regame. That way, um, Ribupasa Pusa still had a like the only chance to win the next lobby because he was the only player who had that lobby in check. Now he ended up having a really bad round after that, was unable to get the win, and then it went on for two more lobbies after that before we finally had a tournament winner. But that was determined to be the most fair way to resolve the situation. 
So, <laughs> obviously, this circumstance suboptimal. Just say yes. suboptimal. <laughs> Poor Rivapusa, the victim of bugs multiple times. Which is always going to be a potential problem, right? Like if you're hosting a tournament yeah. that's within days, like it's a marketing tool in order to sell your latest progress product. In this case, it was Quest. Um, so if you're going to run a tournament a couple of days after a patch, there's going to be unresolved bugs. That's just a thing that happens. <laughs> so it's it's they're running the risk of playing a broken game. If it's on a stable patch, bugs still happen because it's software on the Internet. Well, yeah, like it's. <laughs> you know, you're you're playing a game on a stable patch or whatever, and then some undersea internet cable gets cut and it's out for three days or what? Like it's the the world is the world just has yes. bad things that happen sometimes. Since an internet live service game, like sometimes shit goes down. What you gonna do? Um, in addition to hosting three Hearthstone podcasts, a very active Twitter, and and having life job whatever, um, I run a Hearthstone league. I'm the commissioner of a Hearthstone league, which has like a bunch of people playing in it and what i've learned through that circumstance is step one write the rules step two follow them because if mm -hmm. you change your rules in a tournament you don't have rules you just do whatever you want the rules exist to give people a framework as to what they do and the players do not have agency over deciding what happens the rules do because if you leave it up mm -hmm. to the players, then you open up the world to social pressure where come on, just be cool ends up being the overriding thing. And the most influential oh God, people get what they want. We've seen that so many times, so many times where they're just like, oh, come on, that's the fair thing to do because that would make the player that I want to win, win. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works. It, like you can't have come on, just be cool, win, because then someone that's popular and well-liked gets a different benefit of the doubt than people that... Yeah are not well liked you can't adjudicate those circumstances differently the rules said to regame you have to regame it sucks it's unpleasant but you either have an objective outcome or a subjective outcome and subjective outcomes are how you unravel competitive integrity now ideally wouldn't have been lobby jail sure yeah i feel like giving him the win would have been exactly that right like it was yeah. the fan favorite thing to do it was like he probably like 98% chance that yes, he was the one that won that lobby and therefore the tournament, but there's a 2% chance. And I feel like EG's especially is built around that 2% chance, right? <laughs> like that's why the game is so wildly fun and successful is because sometimes because of the random crazy things happen that shouldn't happen so i mean that's if we're, t we're talking about competitive integrity that I, that decision i think undermines it the most and i think that going with a regame instead of split points so giving him another lobby where no one else had a chance to win it was his lobby to win or lose was the most fair way to deal with the situation Obviously, not having a disconnect or not having a server crash would have been the best way. But in the absence of a stable server, a regame was the most fair. Yep. Um, it blows. Now, what I would do if I was the esports commissioner, if I were Abar, first, I would give Griffey ear scritches because he's adorable. And second of all, yes. I would make sure I would probably do uh, sponsors invites to make sure this player comes back to the next Lobby Legends or some mm. something like that. And also probably uh, pay him the difference between third and first. Just like, 
a bonus payout after being scammed by bugs twice. I don't know if this is a possibility. <laughs> I don't know if they have the budget for it, but I think it would be fair for that player to be compensated for the circumstance. Maybe that sets precedent. Maybe yeah. there's no ruling for it. But also, I don't think anyone would argue against it. And I don't think that has mm-hmm. to be social pressure. It just seems like it's something that would be cool to do if it's possible to do. I don't know if it is, but... But it would be a nice gesture. <laughs> yeah. If I were the commissioner, I'd say yeah. this is about as special of a circumstance you're going to get. Yeah. What are the chances you get scammed out of a win two tournaments in a row, both by bugs? <laughs> like, yeah. That's a pretty specific set of circumstances. So I don't think anyone would kind of hold it against them. I think it would be a really good goodwill gesture. I think the difference, uh, I believe first place is $10,000 and third place is six. Correct. So it's, yeah, so it's $4,000 difference there. And I feel like any amount between zero and $4,000 as a bonus, we're really sorry <laughs> gesture, even if it's only like $500 or a thousand or so, like it doesn't even have to be the full amount, just like a whoopsie doodles. Here's our apology money. <laughs> it's, I think some kind of, of bonus compensation, if it is a possibility for them. And again, I don't work there. I don't know what they can yeah, do. Esports historically does not have extra money just lying around. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if there was the possibility of saying, hey, maybe this person, uh, we can kick them a little something because uh, our game didn't work when they did work. If that's possible, I think that that would be a nice thing to do that doesn't have to be covered by the rules because you're not changing the outcome of the tournament. You're just compensating a person who was unable to get the outcome that they were working towards. Something like that. Anyways. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a moment to thank our sponsor before we head into our next piece of news. Uh, there was actually a BG's balance change server side today. So uh, before we get into that, we're going to take a moment and thank our sponsor, Raycon. Today's episode of The Angry Chicken is sponsored by Raycon. Get the same earbuds the TAC crew uses as well as 15% off by going to buyraycon.com slash TAC. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Green Day and Good Charlotte while I've been painting my living room, as well as Crime Junkie while I'm doing my dishes, and it's been great. One reason it's been so great is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder that Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I love that they are water resistant so I can use my wet dishwashing hands to turn up the volume using the great earbud tap functions. They also flip between noise isolation mode and awareness mode, so even when I'm really in the group, no one can sneak up on me. They're also compatible with Siri and Alexa, so you can tell them exactly what to do. So go to buyraycon.com slash tack today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash T-A-C to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash tack. We thank you for supporting the brands that support The Angry Chicken. All right. Patch 24.2.3 went live today. Uh, It was a server-side only patch, so nothing to download. Uh, There were a few updates. So uh, Brucon, Tavish, Sir Finley, and Master Win were returned to the hero pool. Um, I I don't remember off the top of my head, and maybe Hat, you do, uh, why all of these guys were removed. 
but uh, they're back. Huzzah! <laughs> there was suspicion that they were related to Lobby Jail. Ah, interesting. Okay. I wonder who was responsible. Probably Finley. <laughs> I believe it was because all of these had uh, discovers pre-combat. Um, so ah, I think it was related okay. to the specific timing of the discovers that they were suspicious about. But either they fixed it or that wasn't it because they're back. So, and earlier, by the way, I alluded that Denathrius is the first most popular hero and the second was returned today. Master Win, as a, per HS Replay, is the second most popular hero in the game right now, uh, which is not surprising to me because Master Win has always been super duper fun. He's really fun and also, um, I think, pretty powerful and not really tied to a specific meta. I'll put it that way. It's not like, you know, heroes that are minion type specific or anything else. Like he is so flexible that it's one of those heroes you can kind of just choose and then make the best of the lobby situation, right? Yeah, it's you know, these are the discovers are fun. Like they, they put discover in the game and then kept making things that did it because it was fun. So yeah. I am unsurprised these heroes are popular and Master Win has always been I just, I just like doing something new every turn. I think that's cool. <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, we also had uh, quests and reward updates. So we had some baseline adjustments to the quests. And so um, remember that the quest baselines are going to change based on a number of different factors, including the minion types in your lobbies, as well as... Um, who your actual hero is and like there's a whole bunch of different factors that actually change what your baseline may or may not get adjusted by um so these are the like starting values your mileage may vary <laughs> so uh unmask the culprit was uh used to be loser tie three combats now it's loser tie two combats i think that makes it way stronger particularly at the point of the game you get it you can just power level for two turns and then you're uh, off to the races like i i actually really like this one this was one that when quests were first announced i kind of eyebrow raised at because i was like why would you want to lose combats losing combats is bad <laughs> like i don't want to be down to you know within the 15 um health kind of range <laughs> and get knocked out so um yeah this seemed bad uh but has i think proved to be actually quite good and now is only getting better um, again, this is the the baseline uh, value, so only two combats now. Yeah, I um, it dynamically scales. I got one where I was on a good hero, and my middle option was lose or tie five combats. And Salissa did a five meme. Five combats. Yeah, <laughs> Salissa posted a meme about that where she crossed out the quest reward and just wrote "die" in MS Paint. <laughs> and yes, that is what happened. <laughs> that the turn that I got my reward, I was at a negative life total and my hero exploded. But I did get the the reward. But you did it, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, by the way, happy birthday, Sosa. Yay, happy birthday, Sosa. <laughs> I very much enjoyed her tweet today about her husband forgetting her birthday. I thought that was amazing so well done hashtag uh, relatable less so from critter but yeah <laughs> uh, i think she had it she seemed to have a pretty good uh, attitude about it uh so the next reward or sorry the next quest that was changed uh was sort it all out which used to be um order your minions from lowest to highest attack 
Um, so they're kind of like targeting some of those um, like lesser chosen, more pain, more penalizing uh, quests. And so order your minions from lowest to highest attack for four combats. That's been adjusted down to three combats. So a little bit easier to complete. Uh, find the murder weapon, which was uh, increase a friendly minion stats 15 times. That has now been changed to 17 times. A little bit harder to complete. Uh, same with Dust for Prince used to be add 17 cards to your hand. Now it's add 18 and reenact the murder, which has had 19 minions die. Now it's 20. So find the murder weapon, Dust for Prince and react, reenact the murder. were all made harder to complete where some of the more punishing ones, losing combats and ordering your minions in a potentially not great order. Uh, both of those were were made a little bit easier to complete. I'll take a little interlude here to mention I have to imagine that Quest is the BG design team's favorite mechanic ever, but not for the reasons you might think. All of these changes, which are explicit balance changes, they can just do server-side whenever they want, and they have so much power over it, and they can balance these things like twice a week without us downloading anything. It rules. They can just fix all this stuff whenever they want. Live balancing. Ah, screw it. Make that one a little harder. Ah, screw it. Make that one a little easier. Move this armor around. Do this armor around. Put this hero back in. Take this hero out. Do the hero hokey pokey. That's what it's all about. It's, <laughs> it's very, it's really, really great for the designers to have such a, uh, uh, the ability to fine tune whenever they want without mm. shipping any patch or getting production involved at all. It's It's got to be something that they'll aim for in future mechanics. Yep. Uh, they also made a lot of changes to rewards. So um, they made some things harder to get, some things easier to get. The ones that are going to be harder to get are going to be the smoking gun, which is your minions have plus five attack. The staff of origination, which we talked about, which just got changed uh, in the last balance patch. Uh, start of combat, give your minions plus 12, plus 12. Uh, tiny henchmen at the end of your turn, give plus three, plus three to three friendly minions of tier three or lower. Lots of threes. Uh, stolen gold, start of combat, make your left and right most minions golden and alter ego or sorry, alter ego, even tier minions in Bob's Tavern have plus seven plus seven. This one was just buffed in the last patch as well as secrets in stone. After you discover a card, get an extra copy of it. So all of those will now be harder to complete, which means they are going to be one of those modifiers that we talked about when we talked about quest baseline adjustments. If you happen to have the staff of origination which is give your minions plus 12 plus 12 alongside sort it all out, you might still see order your minions lowest to highest for four combats because that quest is, or that reward is going to be harder to get, which means it's going to adjust the quest up in difficulty. <laughs> so many knobs to turn, Hat. <laughs> yep. And there are little things too, like, Mitchell has confirmed this, uh, you know, Mitchell Lowen, one of the BG's designers who has a criminally mm -hmm. small number of followers. Um, he said that if you're in a Murloc lobby, Mirror Shield is harder. The one that gives minions Divine Shield. Because... Good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because if you can give things poison, then Divine Shield is objectively better. So they have so many different layers of dynamic scaling up and down. It's really, really clever and interesting. And if there is anything that gave credence to that stupid quote in that stupid Runestone article about striving for balance. This is it. Because if you look mm. at a list of performing heroes, some of the ones at the top have 10 armor and some of them have none. And some at the bottom have 10 armor and some have none. And the fact that armor tier dynamically uh, flattens the field in an interesting way 
along with quest scaling. It's as close to a fully balanced hero pool as they've gotten because they just make everything self-balance. Yeah, um, there were also, and, and speaking actually of, of armor tiers, there were also a lot of armor tiers that were adjusted. As always, we are not going to go into each and every one. There were a lot of just adjusting by, you know, moving up or down a tier. So no big, huge, crazy ones. Um, but yeah, those are also in the patch note or the blog post. Uh, as far as I know, it wasn't actually in like on the official website in the patch notes. It's in the forum. So we do have uh, the link in the show notes to the patch notes for 24.2.3. Uh, also, there were five rewards that became easier to get. So again, when we're talking about harder or easier, we're talking about bringing up or down the um, quest, what you have to do in order to get them. So it's now going to be easier to get Ghastly Mask, which is add an end of turn effect card to your hand that is going to vary based on the minion types in your lobby, but it's things like um, Light Fang or um, Charlie. Oh, what's the Domo? Charlie. <laughs> yeah, Domo. Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Felbat. Uh, <laughs> By the way, my dream is Ghastly Mask Arana Felbat. Because mm. you just have self-refilling snacks, which if I could have a superpower, it would be to make <laughs> self-refilling <laughs> snacks. I love it. I love it. Uh, so that's going to be easier now. Friends along the way is going to be easier, which is at the start of your turn, get two random minions of a specific minion type. Snickersnacks is going to be easier at the end of your turn. Two friendly minions trigger their, trigger their battle cries. I almost said trigger their battlegrounds. <laughs> Uh, anima bribe after you sell a minion give its stats to a minion in bob's tavern this one i love this one like and i don't so much like zero in on heroes in this patch i zero in on quest rewards and i love anima bribe because it basically makes every hero dance and daryl except better so yeah. by the I, way i love if this. you can get <laughs> if you can get this on dance and daryl you should do that yeah but also very very good with uh Vol'jin. Very good with Vol'jin. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Anima Bribe is now easier to get, as well as Teal Tiger Sapphire, which minions in Bob ta Bob's Tavern have plus one plus one for each time it's refreshed this turn. So that's one of those quest rewards that's really good if you're going down a demon eat the tavern route, right? Because you could yep. refresh the tavern, then you have a really statted up tavern, and then your board eats all that stats at the end of the at the end of the turn when Felbat triggers. So. Demons and elementals, I think, because Ellie's has the refreshing elemental. Thingy. Oh, yes. Yeah that, yeah. that gives you the free refresh. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But still very hard to use. They've buffed it. Uh, this is the third, second or third time they've buffed Teal Tiger Sapphire. Now, I think one of the weaker uh, rewards. Um, so clearly they want to yeah. make it so that if you're doing this, then they let you get it quickly and then let you get online quickly. Yeah, I think the problem with it is that uh, refreshing the tavern is almost never correct unless you're in one of those situations where you do have free refreshes. Like it's pretty punishing for a lot of the game uh, to be refreshing. And I know I fall into this trap quite often where I'm like, OK, I need to find like this specific thing. And before I realize that I've spent like six gold and I never found the thing <laughs> like, and then I'm like, damn it, now I have to buy a minion and I'm totally screwed. Um, and yeah, you can waste whole turns doing this. And so, but I mean, like, even if you did that, even if you spent six gold, then you get plus six plus six on one thing that you can buy with the rest of your gold, right? Or plus seven plus seven. And if you do seven refreshes and a, and a buy. So 
it doesn't really have the stats and the payoff of something else unless you're doing, like we said, very specifically free refreshes with elementals or eating the tavern with demons. Um, it's it's a pretty um, mediocre narrow. reward. It's narrow. Yeah. It's narrow. Yeah, that's that's fair. It can be powerful. Most of the time isn't. I was listening to the Hearthstone Battlegrounds podcast with uh, with Collins and Shady Bunny, and they were talking about the Elise Tea Party, where you have Teotar and Elise and three minions, and you just roll down and yeah. use the monkey to buff the minions. This would be good in that. This would be good in that. So you have a bunch of uh, big monkeys. <laughs> he doesn't like a bunch of big monkeys. <laughs> yeah. That honestly, that comp sounds bananas. Oh dear. <laughs> you know what is bananas? There's a 25th reward. Oh, this is this is the coolest thing that they've done. The coolest thing they've snuck in since the last Celestalon puzzle. Yeah. And so this uh to to be clear, this is more of a secret findy thing. Uh and it is it's it's been there. This wasn't like server side patched in today. Like it's been there, but it is very specific. So the 25th quest reward is called Partner in Crime, where the reward is get your golden buddy. So you can uh get this reward offered. I've never seen it, but you can have it offered when they're very specific criteria. All players in the lobby have to be playing a hero that had a buddy. So any heroes that have been released since buddies will negate the chance of the lobby to have um, partner in crime offered. Then on top of that, no one can be playing Elise or Sir Finley because Sir Finley um, has the discover the hero power thing and that doesn't actually have a buddy. And then Elise had her hero power reworked so she doesn't work well with her buddy. So if either Sir Finley or Elise are in your lobby, no partner in crime for you. Uh, if you do have a lobby with uh, all heroes that have buddies, no Finley, no Elise, then there's a 1% chance to get a partner in crime lobby. If this happens, all players get the option to choose this quest reward. So this is not a unique to you offering. This is every single person in the lobby will be offered the reward of a golden buddy. Have you had this happen yet, Hat? No, and I imagine that <laughs> until the next patch where they make it so that the new heroes aren't guaranteed to be offered every lobby, this won't happen very much. I mean, it's already not going to happen very yeah. much. Well, people love playing Denathrius, right? Especially right now. So He's got a 90% pick rate. Yeah, he's the most picked hero, which means that, okay, he's got a 90% pick rate. He's offered in 100% of lobbies right now. Therefore, he's in 90% of lobbies. So you already have a 1 in 10 chance of being in a lobby where the person offered Denathrius also didn't pick him. <laughs> Whenever I see him, I always pick a hero that had a buddy. Whenever I have the chance to pick oh, him now. Oh, really? I'm going oh, for... Interesting I strategy. A, I, I want a partner lobby. So I cheer when I see him so I don't pick him. I specifically want a hero that has a buddy so I can try this partner crime thing. I think this is the coolest ever because... The thing about buddies that was boring is that it happened all the time. They found a way to make yeah. them special and they smuggled them back into the game. It's the coolest <laughs> thing. It's because there was a there was a data mining post from uh, mm. from I think it was from the China server. I feel where like they it was, yeah, a couple they, weeks ago, I think they found a bunch of rewards that were unused in the code. 
and one of them was partner in crime. And so they said, oh, these were all not implemented. Are the other ones in the game too, or was this just a glorious fake out? I don't know. <laughs> it's worth taking a second look, I think, at that list and be like, wait, how might I do this? <laughs> Is this, this was less of like a, this isn't just like a very low chance of happening with conditions. This isn't necessarily so much a secret finding puzzle as the amazing Celestalon cardbacks have been. This is very much a like for technical reasons, we have to make sure these specific conditions are met so the game doesn't break and then we give you a 1% chance. So it's super rare. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe if we took a look at some of those other rewards, we could tease out what the what the conditions might be that would break the game and try to figure out how to activate them. <laughs> maybe. I, I wouldn't Maybe. be surprised if they were if they were just red herrings because that's the theme of this entire expansion. Mm. Um, you know, that is true as well. I wouldn't put it past them to put a bunch of fake stuff in just to make the mystery a little bit harder. <laughs> that would be very clever of them if that's what happens. But either way, mm -hmm. just I love all these conditions because they made a myth where like people were talking about it before Nina discovered it on her stream. She played 41 lobbies in a row and this was just the 41st one. Um, it's a lot of lobbies, but... Like, people were talking about it on Twitter, and I was like, where are the screenshots? Is this a real thing? There was a screenshot on Reddit of, like, what happened? Is this a bug? <laughs> they made a myth, and then it came true. It's great. It's so great. I love this. Yeah, I think this is really, really cool. So, uh, so yeah, that's everything going on in BGs right now. Uh, and that was, again, patch 24.2.3. Uh, it is out today. It is server side. So you're already playing it, whether you realized it or not. Now, Hat, uh, do you do you want me to there? Do you want to teach me how to maybe try to do Enrage Warrior better than I have been? I think that we can talk about Enrage Warrior if I can find the sound bite, which is here. Hit it very hard. You want to blow something up? <laughs> my <laughs> Time to pay! Perfection. So we are talking about Enrage Warrior in this week's strategy section. Um, so, okay. We've talked about what a rough time I've had in Standard in the last couple of weeks. And uh, I think I ended up winning two games of Enrage Warrior in all of the games that I played. One of them was a disconnect bug <laughs> that went in my favor because I realized the mulligan was taking way longer than it should. And so I managed to close out of the client reload and my opponent never did. So my opponent left <laughs> and I got a win. And then uh, I had one other one other win against um, I think it was a mage <laughs> and it was just like a fluke <laughs> and i mean like so hat has posted um a a screenshot in our show notes that you guys should go and check out that shows him having a 22 27 minion as well as four others uh on turn six and uh has also played commanding shout i can tell because of the like whooshies around the minions oh no they they were unfreezing from a blizzard 
Oh, okay. I thought that looked like that looked like commanding shout. Okay, because I was like, I didn't even think commanding shout was still in this deck, which just goes to prove that your draws are not my draws. Yeah, <laughs> my riot draws does still do give that same like kind this. of like whooshy windy thing. Yeah, but we're not playing riot anymore either. But yeah, that's uh, after hearing your your um tales, your trials and tribulations today, <laughs> and I had this draw, and I was thinking the whole time, Joss has never seen the deck do this. He's no. never seen this. <laughs> I had actually only seen one Enraged Warrior, which was actually pre-patch, and uh, they took so much time to set up that they gave me a rogue win. <laughs> like, there you go. That's, yeah, that's how like unfamiliar, I guess, I was with this deck and these cards. And there are a lot of cards that do very much seem like they would go together and they'd be powerful and they'd do a thing. But for whatever reason, I played a lot of priests and I played a lot of Renathals and I'm just like, man, you have so much control over the board that any setup that I do is just like instantly gone. But I have also never had a 27 health minion this early in the ever actually ever. I was to say this early in the game, but that implies it happens later in the game and it does not. <laughs> so yeah. This Tell was my me record. How you do this. <laughs> this was my record. This is good. Okay, so Enrage Warrior. This is is this a tier one deck? No, no, it is not. <laughs> it is a tier fun deck. It's not unplayable. It's not terrible. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's okay. It's solid. Why would you play this? Because you want to play a warrior deck, or because you want to play a snowbally minion deck where you get to hand buff and board buff and face smash and whatever, and where you get to do that with red cards. Um, you get to beat up druids, you get to beat up demon hunters, you can do okay against spooky mages, you do lose to priests and most hunters, and also the deck doesn't have a lot of draw, so the bad draws, you will run out of stuff and then say, why am I playing this? That's what happened to Joss today. <laughs> so much! For hours! <laughs> yeah, that sounds really unfun. The good draws... You'll make giant stuff very quickly, and your opponents will have no real way to respond, and then you smash them in the face. Really, this is like, this is a, uh, the deck plays like a masochistic paladin, where you do a lot of hand buffing and board buffing, but you do so by hitting your own stuff. Whereas paladin, they're all like, holy magic and la-di-da and highfalutin, yeah. whatever. <laughs> la-di-da. Um, yeah. They go to church, you know and we just punch are. ourselves, and that's how we get bigger. Um... So it's it's fun, it's enjoyable. You probably won't have a crazy high win rate with this, but if you want to hit Legend with this, you could. It is certainly capable of it. It's just it's not a tier one deck. It's not the best thing to do in the format, but it's interesting, it's different, and it is more viable now than ever because of the nerfs to the other big meta strategies and mostly because of the nerf to Starfish. Because we mm. hate a Starfish in this house. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, how sad would you be if your 22-27 went back to a 1-3? <laughs> Before the patch, it happened all the time, and it wasn't that size, but it was still very sad to have all of my yeah. buffs go away. Because it's Starfish <laughs> was removed because it kept this sort of thing from being something you ever wanted to do. Whereas when you're building mm -hmm. up board buffs over time, you're snowballing an advantage over time. Starfish just says, nope, that never happened and it never will. And it just went away for three mana and that they would weave into a guff turn for funsies. And it's like, yeah, it was challenging emotionally. But we've gotten through mm -hmm. it. Starfish got nerfed. Guff is worse. It's okay. Yeah. 
And I will say the thing that I like about Enraged Warrior is that it does make a lot of use of the new cards. So you've got the Anima Instructors, the Imbued Axe and the Location that all play a pretty important role in making this deck go. And uh, I will say like the Anima Anima extractor is something that I don't think I'm playing correctly because I'm often just playing it with like maybe one other thing on the board kind of on curve and I think I need to be more strategic with my use because it's such a powerful card so often what I do coin it on one play it like what (laughs) shenanigans so anim extractor two mana one four Whenever any minion you control takes damage, give something in your hand plus one plus one. So if you have a bunch of minions in play and then you play a, a whirling combatant, which is the whirlwindy thing, every minion you have yeah. in play will buff something in your hand. Um, the sooner you get Anima Extractor down, the sooner you start buffing your stuff. When you start buffing your stuff, it gets bigger. Then you play the bigger stuff. Then that stuff can take more damage, which means more buffs for the stuff in your hand. So for example, Turn one coin anima extractor. Turn two injured Tolvir. It's the two six that punches itself for three. Punching <laughs> the punching itself buffs something in your hand, and now you have a taunt to protect your anima extractor. If they want to trade in, they're buffing stuff in your hand. They play a fell barrage. They're that's plus two plus two to something in your hand. It gets out of control pretty quickly. Also, if your anima extractor gets damaged, we might be in business because imbued axe is the other power card here. Three mana, two, mm-hmm. three weapon. Whenever you attack, you give all of your damage minions plus one, plus two, which is crazy. It also has infuse two. Make that plus two, plus two instead. Don't need to worry about the infuse. Like, if it's an option, then sure. But you don't need to worry about the infuse. Plus one, plus two to all damage minions when you attack is crazy. If you do, like, turn one location, turn two extractor, turn three axe swing, your minion is enormous. Yeah, and you don't really care so much about the attack because you have so many other things in this deck that are going to be buffing attack. You care about the health because you're going to be purposely damaging your own stuff, which was also a problem that I kind of ran into is I seem to be in order to like get off all my damagey effects. I was lowering the health of my minions to the point where they were very easily removed. So you know, they they were being pinged off or, you know, value traded into and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, man, I don't understand how this is supposed to work. But if you can get all of those anima extractor buffs onto your hand early on. And I also found um, I had some success like play keeping the dredger and then playing it at a like very strategic time when my hand was full of minions because the dredger again it's one of those hand buffs it's a a one mana one two that gives everything in your hand plus one health and playing which also actually is a new card um and so the and it's neutral i think um dredger staff which is yes it's confusing because dredger staff it doesn't dredge that was last set yeah, and it's not, and it's not a weapon. It's a, it's a, a being that is staff in the mansion, uh, in Castle yes. Nathria. So it's, it is not, it doesn't dredge, and it's not a staff. It's a, it's a staff member that is a dredger, which is also a muckborn. The name's a little confusing, but yes, it's a one yes. mana one two that that buffs the health of every minion your in your hand. hand. Yeah, and that really goes a long way because you have like one three iron deep trogs, uh, one five anima extractors. Your stuff just every point of health is theoretically a 
uh, hand buff for something with extractor, or just it allows mm-hmm. your minions to survive, like you said, and so then you can use impute axe to make them bigger again. Yep. Um, and the location, which we haven't really talked about yet, though, uh, is is really nice because uh, one thing that I, I mean, I I but saw this in the deck and just went, oh, it's been so long. Acolyte of pain, acolyte of pain is in here, <laughs> which is, is. Welcome amazing. Back. <laughs> Welcome back into acolyte of pain. Uh, so you can trigger him with uh, the location or the um, I think. Hit it very hard, guy, right? <laughs> uh, cruel Taskmaster. Cruel Taskmaster. Yeah, that's not hit it very hard. That's the back to work. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, oh, hit it very hard is Raid Leader. Hit it very hard, is, hard. It very hard is, okay, I was like, that's another orc, though. <laughs> it is. But yeah, Cruel Taskmaster, uh, which got buffed to a 2-3, um, which that's also in the deck. Or you can use Whirling Combatant, the Whirlwind guy. There are lots of different ways. Or if your opponent is like playing minions, which people do in this format like all the time, it's great. Uh, you can do minion combat to damage your own stuff. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's playing a lot of minions. It's really cool because all the decks that are from hand heavy, they nerfed them, thankfully. So now like people play stuff. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has the cook, which cook is, is cook a new card too? I feel like there's so many new cards in this deck, which is, which makes it pretty exciting to me. Any, uh, any minion with like a, with like a, a shitty job. A job? Works at the castle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this is the, it's a one, three neutral that allows you to draw a card at the end of your turn if you've dealt three damage to the enemy hero. Um, so, you know, most aggressive decks kind of struggle or should struggle with card draw and uh, cook cook and acolyte are a way to kind of help with that um and then for Kara, i always feel that when people play this against me i'm like damn she's so strong and then i play it and i'm like damn i'm so weak <laughs> it's it's just another snowbally thing rokara i remember in baron's rush warrior there were a couple like playmaker draws or whatever where I got her down one to two copies on turn three or whatever. And I said, this card's kind of dumb because if there's ever a turn where you just, you play her and your minions attack and then they can't remove the Rakara, the game's kind of over unless they have a brawl. That was actually one of the games that I won. I think it was against a hunter or I guess the game I won that wasn't the priest conceit or the priest disconnect. Um, and what ended up happening was I had a trog and a couple of other like higher value targets on the board and they had to use spells to remove my higher value stuff. And then so there were four trogs on the board and then I played Rakara on turn three and then I had four, two, three trogs and they conceded. And I was like, you know that this doesn't work the way it used to, right? Like <laughs> if you play more spells, I'm just going to get one twos, not two threes, but still um yeah that was <laughs> so uh, it does definitely have like crazy snowball screenshotting potential but um those games for me anyways were few and far between <laughs> yeah it's two levels set to be clear you are gonna lose some games here that feel like yes. this deck has <laughs> is not really a deck when you lose they're gonna clear your board you have nothing left in hand but a but like a Warsong Envoy or whatever. And you're going to say, why do I even have this deck built? Because it's the deck is, I'm not going to say incomplete, but I'm going to say it doesn't have powerful support pieces. It feels like by design, it doesn't have good draw. 
Like, mm-hmm. actively does not have good draw. That is the main thing that's missing. If you go play it in Wild, which it is a solid deck in Wild, they have Battle Rage and Risky Skipper. World of Difference. Mm. Good cards. They have a Bloodsworn uh, Mercenary. They can make copies of stuff. So, when you get to go, Risky Skipper Bloodsworn on an Anima Extractor, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of mm-hmm. things. Uh, so... It's missing some pieces that make it truly competitive, but it's still playable. Just the games you lose, you'll be like, why did I bother? Be ready for that feeling. This is not like Rogue <laughs> where we went over it and then at, you know, at high levels of play, Light it's a dominant went off and- <laughs> Yeah. This is like aggro 101 stuff. You don't have a lot of refill. If you're not sure whether to trade, probably don't. If it's not obvious, probably just go face and let them do it. If they're going to trade, don't do it for them. Um, you're going to get some, some wacky kills o- over the top with big Olgras or Rokara hero sometimes. Can you replace those cards? Not really. If you play without them, you're missing out on some real significant late game power. Uh, Rokara hero in particular, she wins games that nothing else can win. Uh, she mm-hmm. just bonks minions right into their face. She has, uh, damage from hand with the hero power. Also, she gains you 10 life and deals 10 damage base. It's just not really an effect that you can substitute anything out. I've tried with Grom. I've tried with Remornia. You want Rakara Hero. You need Rakara Hero. Yeah. 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 She's really good. I, I found, although, like, she didn't win me games, but she extended games I would have otherwise had absolutely no chance in by kind of turn seven. And so I, she's, she is really good. And I, I think she does belong in this deck for sure because of that over the top anything hero power. Um, it gives you the option that even if they put taunts up, you can at least just still keep pinging them. <laughs> and they yeah. probably haven't done very much damage to you while you've been pounding their face for the first six turns. So it can potentially kill people. Uh, I will also say, I don't know about you guys, but I've still been seeing a lot of Renathal and I had a lot of games with this deck where I got them to 10 or less health and they didn't die because of Renathal. So that is also a consideration is that Renathal, I think, is keeping some aggro in check right now. And if a lot of people are seeing aggressive type decks, which uh, Warrior is not the only aggro deck out there right now, um, then people are going to slot Renathal in and it's going to make it a lot harder, I think, to to win the matches. Or at least I found that, like, I would have won in a lot of cases had they not had Renathal. Which is... Urgh. Yes, it's frustrating. I think it in is. many cases, it's a reflection on the specific Renathal decks right now combined with Enrage Warrior specific weaknesses. Um, Quest Priest, not a great deck right now. But if you're playing this deck, it sure feels like a great deck because it will beat you. It is your worst matchup. It will feel miserable. And... The most important thing to remember with Priest, their life total and the distance from now to the end of the game have basically no correlation. If you get them to 15 and you're like, the game is almost over, no, it's not. Do not do not try and have hope. If you don't see them die, then they probably are at 40. Yep. And they have the ability with the with the Kyrian um, spell that makes the taunt. Oh, the Boon of the Man, Ascended, yeah. That is, yeah, Boon of the Ascended. That is just... So killer for this deck. Yeah, the Naga Priests usually play that. We don't see this much from the Quest Priests, but also, yeah, if they do that and it's a big minion, like, you can just go. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have you have no way. If you're a car, you can bonk it into them, which is very satisfying, but it doesn't come yes. up too often. <laughs> and they aren't normally 40 attack, and so it's not going to win. That bonk won't win you the game. <laughs> they can get pretty big. 
But if it's like 20 yeah. and you can gain the 10 life from her car, then maybe you can survive and maybe they won't. Um, the the best Renathal deck right now is also the best deck in the game, which is Beast Hunter. Uh, Mountain Bear is a nightmare. So there are other aggressive decks that are handling this better. Uh, Aggro Druid, Face Hunter, Imp Warlock, even Aggro Demon Hunter is a little better at, at mm-hmm. weathering the storm here. Um, doesn't mean this deck isn't viable, but it's not going to win as much in those circumstances. Uh, but the, the Beast Hunter is just kind of good, not just because of Renathal, but also like Mount Bear and stuff is just kind of a nightmare for us to deal with. So that's going to be everybody. Uh, no one has a great matchup against Beast Hunter right now. It's the best deck in the game. It's not super close. So just be aware of that. I thought you were going to say just play Beast Hunter. <laughs> I was like, you no, can. I, we're trying to convince people to play Warrior. <laughs> you can. Also, we're getting a question in chat, and I'm glad it's being brought up, and Rage Warrior does not have Grom anymore. So the reason to not play Grom is the same reason why our high end is really only uh, Olgra and Rokara. Theotar exists. The more mm. cards you keep in your hand longer, the more likely it is that they're not your cards anymore. So having your Rokara taken is not fun. You don't want that. But usually you're able to pressure quickly enough and then play Rokara and Curve. They don't have time to Theo. But the difference between 7 and 8 and the difference between having one game ender and two, if they see you're holding two cards for a while, if they're not going to die, they'll just fire out that Theotar when you have two or three cards in hand. They get to see both. They get to take the best one for you. Not a fun time. So we got we to gotta slim down on the high end. Make sure that we're not holding too many cards for too long. Don't give them the opportunity to play Theotar and then Rokara and Bonk. Gotta, it's, <laughs> I, I wish we could fit Grom in the deck, but we cannot. Yeah. That's uh, I, I. It's a really good reason not to, because I did get Theotard a couple times, and I had that exact same thing where I was holding Rakara and Olgra and one other. I think my infused axe, and yeah. I was just like, I I wasn't able to play anything, and then they took my good stuff, and I was just like, <laughs> why does this exist? <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't envision Theotar staying in his current mana cost forever, and I understand there are some feelings yeah. <laughs> around him right now. We are generally Theotar resistant, but we are not Theotar uh, indifferent, is how I'll phrase it. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad he's playable. I'm glad he's seeing play. I've mentioned this before. He's a really, like, one of my favorite WoW characters from Shadowlands, so I'm glad that he's he's getting some time in the sun. <laughs> Time to shine both things that he wouldn't want to do because he hates the sun. Yeah. <laughs> wow, <So>, lore <laughs> jokes. <laughs> I believe you. I assume he's a vampire. Vampire adjacent. <laughs> okay. He's a, a denizen of Riven Revendreth. So <laughs> doesn't like the sun. Got it. Same. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what are we mulligan for? Axe? Extractor? Depths. Probably Warsong Envoy, the 1-3, that frenzy gets bigger. Like, you just don't have that many great one-drops. Um, the rest will be conditional. There will be times when you keep another one-drop going first. Sometimes Dredger Staff, your hand is full of minions. Like, you already have something good. Um, could be... Uh, you might keep Iron Deep Trog if you're against a Druid or a Rogue. Or a Rogue cosplaying as a Druid. You get the idea. <laughs> not a mage though which was a mistake that i made which i didn't really think about it too too much at the time i was just like mage spells keep trog done then i was like wait a minute 
This is probably big smell mage, so they don't care about Trog, and they're just yeah. going to play their minions and murder my Trog. And then they played their minions and murdered my Trog, and I was like, that was a bad keep. <laughs> Pay attention, it's, Jocelyn. It's worse <laughs> than you would intuitively think. Like, mages like magic, and Trog yeah. hate magic. But, yeah, if you want to punish a magic class, you keep it against rogues and druids, I guess. I don't know. It's <laughs> makes sense weird to sometimes. Me. <laughs> uh yeah, so I think like the the mulligan I feel like is pretty straightforward. Um keep your super powerful cards and and keep the axe you keep because it's okay not infused, but if you can infuse it, great. And infusing only happens when it's in your hand, so you just want to play it on curve because it's pretty likely that your minions are going to get damaged somehow early, especially if you're fighting yeah. for board. And like turn one, one drop, turn two, coin, axe, swing after it gets damaged is more than good enough. You are fine with that. Uh, it's mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about getting max value here. If you can buff one minion, it's good. If you can buff two, it's great. If you can buff more than that, you're probably winning. Uh, but you get three swings with it. Don't be afraid to make your minions better. Just like, just go for it. Don't <laughs> hold it and wait for something good that's going to happen. Make the good thing happen. So speaking of making your minions better, talk to me about Olgra and when I should play her because Olgra, I feel like I hold on to for too long when nothing on the board is damaged. When really, at worst, she would clear a few minions and at best, she also hits face. <laughs> so like, yeah. I keep waiting to get like buffs on her to get a bigger shot at face. But then I don't end up playing her and she sits in my hand for too long. <laughs> Typically, I play her when I have six mana. Hmm. So I'm holding on to her. I'm doing it wrong. You need a reason to hold on to her. And there are reasons, right? She's going to die and not kill my opponent. And I have nothing in play. Okay. Good reason to hold. Uh, I can set up a sick lethal that is almost guaranteed next turn. Okay. But otherwise, uh, probably just play her because she has charge and also hits everything else and then gets to attack again the next turn. Because every turn you hold her is a turn where she doesn't get to attack the following turn. Hmm. Which I feel like is was also advice in Rogue. <laughs> like, yeah. every turn that you've got something in your hand means it's another turn it's not attacking and that's bad. So play your stuff. <laughs> it's... The way that I view Hearthstone Joss, just do some stuff. <laughs> like, if you want to listen to how to play control decks, my other podcast, Coin Concede, Edelweiss and Wicked Good are two hosts over there. They like control decks. They're much better at not doing stuff. They gave advice today. There was a Quest Priest versus Curse Imp Warlock matchup, and they said, well, this card is, you're not threatened by curses if you keep your hand full and pass. And I was just like, what is this universe? That's not how I live my life. But, but here, when do I play Olgra? When you got six mana. Get him. Just get him. It's, <laughs> just you don't, get him. <laughs> you don't want the game to go longer. You don't have the means to generate more resources. It's either it's going to work or it's not. So find out if it's going to work now, unless you have a really good reason to believe it's going to work in the near future. Uh, but probably just play her. Like, she's a 3-7 with charge that also... And charge rush win fury. Fine. Yeah. That's a good deal for six. And then sometimes she's huge and kills your opponent. That's even more fun. Did we want to talk about matchups or have we pretty much covered everything? <laughs> so, couple key tips. Couple key tips. First of all, this is a generic 
aggro tip. If your board is going to kill your opponent in two turns, and you have a couple more cards in hand, you don't need to play them. You usually want to go and do stuff, but just look at your board and say, if I attack this turn and next turn, my opponent's going to die. Why would you play more? Don't play more, because it's, it's already good enough. You're already going to do okay. Now, it's, if it's barely good enough and they have like a, a Nightcloak Sanctum in play, then yeah, you got to play something. But mm-hmm. if they're going to be dead after you attack and press end turn and then attack again, you do not need to play those last couple cards in your hand because what if they have a Brawl? What if they Blizzard you, you have nothing? Just hold on for a second. You don't have to overextend. Doesn't mean you just like stop anytime you have any kind of minion pressure and let them play removal one at a time. You super don't want that. <laughs> But if you're going to win unless they have a brawl, don't make the brawl better. Important. Matchups. We'll go over it briefly. Okay, I was just say, yeah, just if there's anything that you want to specifically highlight, because I know, obviously, there's a lot, as we talked about off the top of the show, there's a lot of decks in the format right now. <laughs> so Too many to cover. I don't want to go through. Too many to cover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not going to go line by line. Just the reason to play this deck, if you see a lot of druids, both fast and slow, demon hunters, and mages, this is where this deck can perform well. If you're seeing a bunch of wild paw knolls, primordial waves, and mountain bears, uh-uh, don't. Not your time. Not the thing <laughs> you want to do. don't. <laughs> yeah, or a lot of uh, priests. Quest priests is our worst matchup. Naga priests, not much better. But druids, demon hunters, and mages in particular, they all have damage-based removal, or in the case of druid, not really much removal at all. We get bigger than that stuff pretty quickly. Rogue gets under us with Knowles. Shaman doesn't need damage removal. Priest doesn't need damage removal. And Beast Hunter is just kind of good at everything right now. So uh, <laughs> that's not really where you want to be in terms of matchup spread. And overall, just if you pick it up, have fun, manage your expectations, enjoy the high roll games where you get the crazy boards, recognize that the bad games will feel very bad. It's okay. Just Hearthstone. Send us screenshots of your high rolls into our Discord or over on Twitter at TAC Podcast. We would love to see your successes so that I can be convinced that I need to keep trying this instead of just (laughs) resorting back to Hunter again. (laughs) But uh, that's going to do it for us this week. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the strategy section. Again, as always, we uh, really appreciate your feedback. So if you've enjoyed strategy, either the rogue section that we did or our take on Enrage Warrior, please do let us know. Also wanted to remind you guys, Attack is supported by our Epic patrons. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash TAC. Again, that gives you access to our Discord as well as some other perks. So go and check it out. Big thanks to our Patreon producers, Dustin C. and Jarrett F. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show in a big, amazing way each and every week. The back catalog of TAC can be found over at theangrychicken.com. And you can follow the show on Twitter at TAC Podcast. You can also catch the show live on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Give or take Eastern on twitch.tv slash Joss plays. That is J O C E plays hat. Where can folks find you on the interwebs? You can find me at twitter.com slash ridiculous hat, the hub of my content, or you can find me on two other Hearthstone podcasts, coin concede, make the heart uh, the competitive side of the game more accessible to you over at coinconcede.com and vicious syndicate. where we take a data driven look at the high level legend metagame. And you can find me on Twitter. I am at Joss plays as well as follow my general gaming podcast, the gamers in. And also I wanted to mention this week, 
it's fall. And you know what that means? Not just pumpkin everything, but also it's extra lifetime. So yay. Uh, we yay, <laughs> we are doing a whole bunch of stuff as a team over at the Gamers Inn to raise money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. We're going to do a game day stream. I believe it's November 5th. Um, so I'll be streaming right here on twitch.tv slash Joss It's a great cause. I'm going to be bugging you about it for the next like three months. Deal with it. Help the kids. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a number of streams because we don't do the 24 hour marathons anymore. Um, so we're going to have a whole bunch of streams kind of through October, November and December. So do go check it out and uh, donate to the cause. I'll have a link in the show notes. Um, I don't think I've set up a short link yet this year. We're only in the, like the very early, like we should start talking about it planning stages. So, um, but yeah, do go check it out. Uh, it's the Gamers In team, or you can search for me over on uh, the Extra Life website. So do go and check that out. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, job's done. Job's done. Job's done.